0: The Chiefs are back after a bye week. It's a Super Bowl rematch. Can the offense heat up against the Eagles? Let's talk about it. You are listening
1: to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory.
0: Welcome to a live edition of the Casey Laboratory, presented by M-Price Bank, member FDIC. It is a game preview. It feels like we've not done one of these in a while, Matthew.
2: Yeah, uh, that's usually what happens when you come off the bye week. Um, you don't have a game to preview during the bye week, although we could have previewed our James Madison Dukes and their everlasting battle against NCAA, which has shot them down, and now JMU is starting to sue, and I can keep doing this unless Craig wants to jump in and talk about the Chiefs. I can keep talking about JMU's long-lasting legal battle with the NCAA. So It's up to you guys.
3: No, I think I'd rather talk about the best team in the AFC. I think that that's what we should talk about. Not James Who Madison. Happens to be. Not James Madison. No, no, they're not. Listen, the way that they've escalated through the ranks, I mean... They want to join the NFL. Let's go ahead and move them up. Now they got to sit
2: down postseason. Yeah. Are they allowed to get to the playoffs? That's that's the, no, that's
3: the, the NFL don't just have stupid rules about adding teams to their league and preventing them from being in the postseason. So instead, we will talk about our beloved reigning Super Bowl
0: champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Do you know James Madison has an undefeated football and basketball team right now? I didn't.
2: I, I did not. I didn't know basketball even started. They're ranked. They beat awesome. Michigan State in the I, first game. Ba- yeah, but it's basketball.
0: Congratulations to our Dukes is all I'm gonna say.
2: Thanks everybody
0: that's hanging out. Really excited to be talking about a Super Bowl rematch. Uh, you know, this is uh it's fun just to be talking about a game, period. Uh just like the fact that the Chiefs are back. Obviously, you know, um there's plenty of questions. You know, we're excited to see the post. Bye week version of the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and I think that's where we'll start today. And um, I just, you know, Andy Reid's historically been really good out of the bye. Historically, that's when he starts ramping up some of the younger players and starts giving them more and op- more opportunities. Gives them that little, you know, mid season opportunity to kind of reset, get right, get things kind of, you know. You know, give them a chance to breathe and then start really ramping up and i'm leaning on them a little bit more um and and i think it's not just rookies this year i think it's just i think role definitions are going to kind of start shaking themselves out a little bit i think they might have started a little bit in you know before the bye week too like we can be evidenced by you know sky Moore losing some snaps here but uh, just kind of curious before we got like who do you want to see on the field for the chiefs offense at the receiver position Oh, Matthew Lane.
2: And so you clarified at the wide receiver position, I was about to answer with a Patrick LeVon Mahomes take. Um, so going to the wide receiver, I mean, it's the same answer that we all have, right? We all want to see Rasheed Rice continue to get more and more snaps, get utilized in different ways. And at this point in time, we all... Justin Watson's still wide receiver one the last time I checked, so he's got to be out there. Whether or not that's you know a super high ceiling, he's got to be out there. And then it seems like you're trying to dance around, is it the the veteran of the group unit and Mark Valdez the scantling that you want out there. I see a lot of overlap with his usage, his play style, how he works to Justin Watson. And it just really hasn't quite come to fruition for the Chiefs. So what do you want to funnel that in? Do you want to get the youth of a sky more out there? Do you want to get the threat of the ball in the hands of Kadarius Tony out there? Like, I think they have a couple different ways they can go. And because of that, because all these guys, the speed of McCall Hardman, because all these guys are specialists, you're not going to get a solid three wide receivers that play the majority of the snaps because they need all of them for different things.
3: I, I'm i really got my eye on Kadarius Toney. Uh, I, I thought it was very telling the way that Andy Reid approached the press this week when he was doing his media availability, I believe, on Monday. We, we had kind of joked. It's like, hey, listen, just come right out and say, we're saving KT. Like, just, you know, come right out and say it. He got about as close to that as possible. We played him seven plays last week. This is the direct quote. We played him seven plays last week. We can play him more than that and still be okay. We just keep an eye on his leg and make sure we're repping that out the right way. That's the important part. That's Andy Reid saying, we want this man for January, February. So I'm curious to see, do we start seeing a little bit of ramp up coming out of the bye week? Because frankly... Waiting all the way until January, February, and then just turning the you know, turning the dial all the way to the right. Nah, that's not how you do it. So you want to see a gradual ramp, and that way, if you identify, hey, we need to back it down, do it now. That way, you can back that down ahead of the playoffs. So I think maybe out of the bye week here, we've seen Kadarius Tony in the first fifteen a lot, and we've seen him kind of sprinkled throughout the game here and there. I think maybe this is the week out of the bye here where we see maybe a little bit more areas, token, a little bit more focal point in the offense. Maybe we see the offense look a little bit better, flow, move the ball a little bit better because he's able to convert some of those plays that frankly, other guys on this team just can't with the
2: ball in their hands. So on that frame, how do you want to see, where would you expect to see his usage go? Like, how do you want the Chiefs to use him more than what they already have? Well, I'm, yeah, go
0: ahead, kid. Yeah, because that actually kind of, ties into what I was going to talk about here with a little bit with a right. little bit. I don't believe that I think in I think in March and April when we were fed some of the conversation around Kadarius Tony as wide receiver one. I don't think the Chiefs I think the Chiefs were planning on it. I think the Chiefs had things in mind for how they wanted to get Kadarius Toney further involved. They talked about how they believed he could do more down the field. They talked about how he could do more as a as a route runner. I don't think that they... I don't think that that was lip service. I think they believed it. It's just injuries and, you know, maybe a little bit of what we've kind of seen, you know, just he, inconsistencies in his performance to this point have kind of led to where we're at in the Kadarius Tony situation. So I think that there is more plans for him and him not getting an entire, you know... Training camp probably gets in. I think they're going to try to utilize him or find try to find out if they can utilize him more as a more traditional receiver. And I think they're going to find out soon. And I, like I said, like to Craig's point, I don't think it's just all of a sudden in January he's going to start running digs and no. comebacks and fades and posts, whatever. I think you'll start to see that integrated a little bit more and him utilized in those in those opportunities a little bit more. And I think it happens like this week. Like I think this is the this is the turning point where you're going to start seeing him getting involved a little bit more, you know, as a traditional receiver. So I, I think we'll it, I, don't, I think it's more than that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll play the other side. I oh, know I play this. I, I let me see it. I mean, before I can even remotely say it's going to happen, let me see it, you know a little bit because we have most Maddie
0: answer the Chiefs, ever,
2: but <laughs> we haven't seen it with the Chiefs. We haven't seen it with the Giants. We yeah. haven't seen it with the Gators. Why are we going to see it now after the bye week of his next year? the like, it's just. It, for me, I, I'm not saying it can't happen. He clearly has all the movement skills in the world to run any route you could ask him to. It's just there seems to be a disconnect with Canarius Tony and how to use those elite, you know, top-of-the-line movement skills into running routes on time, reading leverage to get open as an NFL or just a wide receiver in general. So, like, I just got to start seeing it before I'm ready for it. I don't—the Chiefs haven't done it through nine games, I don't think that if he could do it, they would just not be doing it. I think there's clearly a reason he hasn't been out there. They're not just saying, oh, you can run all these routes really well, but we're not going to have you do it. Um, so like his limited his limited routes would have the digs, would have posts, they would have go routes in his 15 snaps that he's getting, I think if they thought he was doing it well. So it's just, I, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I just, I got to start seeing it before I'm going to even, you know, start to really consider that that's an option for them going down the stretch. Personally, for me, I think your your jump for the wide receiver positions, the other two young guys and Rasheed Rice starting to figure out how to get open versus man coverage more. Like right now, 70% of his production is coming on curls, slants, and digs. That's what he's running. Those are his three routes. They are all short to intermediate in breaking routes. The majority of them are coming from the slot. I think you might start seeing him. And we've seen it. His route tree's expanded. His usage has expanded. He just hasn't been as efficient in those reps. I think that's the area of the lowest hanging fruit for this the wide receiver position to improve is him getting more efficient on these other routes because we've already seen him be effective at some wide receiver-esque things. Now it's going to be expand. And then also in Sky Moore. That one also feels like a little bit of a long shot, but they do seem to trust him. They do put him out there to play wide receiver, like a legitimate wide receiver spot. I think you're going to continue to see that. Maybe they try to force feed him more looks than they did to start the year to see if they can kind of jumpstart the whole the whole wagon.
3: Yeah, I I do think that if you see a serious uptick in the wide receiver usage and production, that it's going to come from those two guys. My Kadarius Tony takes is I'm fine with him just getting the manufactured touches because frankly, after that first 15, we don't see as many of those. Like we just don't see, you know, kind of the the layups. Go get a bucket. Go get the offense six yards on an easy play. And I think that KT can do that. It's just he's off the field after the first fifteen, and they are having to rely on Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, you know, Justin Watson, MVS, and that group so far has been a little bit lacking outside of Rasheed Rice's you know recent increase. I do want to see how they use Rasheed Rice though. Like I really am curious. If he's gonna come out. We're going to see him a lot more on the boundary. I know that you know he, he started the season primarily in the slot, has gotten a lot more boundary reps as the season's gone along. Do we see him start to match up with a Darius Slay and a James Bradbury on the outside a lot more? Is that where they see, hey, we can take advantage of these guys a little bit by running him out there, by putting him in those positions I think that that's really, I'm I'm with Matty here. I think that's really where the big increase comes from. If there's one to come from the wide receivers this, you know, in the second half of the year, I just want to see maybe a few more of those easy layups. Try and scheme some of those from this offense. That way you're not constantly in second and nine. You know, get yourself some more second and threes to where you can feel a little bit more comfortable with where you are as an
0: offense and stay ahead of the sticks rather than it just feeling like you're pulling teeth all game long. Uh, And Matty, I talked a little bit about it, uh, the film room we did on the KCSN Discord, access to that when you subscribe to the KCSN substack, you get to be part of a pretty cool Chiefs community, we do film breakdowns and stuff over there too. But just, you know, there's been some predictability in some of their play calling, like the second Broncos game, it definitely felt like they were holding on to some stuff and just trying to do a... Andy Reid get by without the A call sheet game. And they were running a lot of simple stuff. They're running a lot of predictable plays that they've run, a lot of their basic staples, things that we see them run a couple times every single year, trying to generate some easy completions, trying to generate and get some of these guys involved. And I could see them going back to that a little bit too. Just if if they don't feel like they're going to be able to, you know, lean on, you know, a lot of, you know, coverage or, you know, Route adjustments by this young receiving group. If they don't feel like they're going to be able to do that, then go get into your bag with the manufactured stuff. Go get into your bag with with some of that kind of stuff, and at least get the ball in the hands of your playmakers on design concepts.
2: Can I and can I tie this into the Eagles? I mean, I guess a little sure. bit, later, right? Like Please. I feel like we should. Yes, <laughs> be, okay. The Philadelphia Eagles secondary has kind of been bums this year. Um, it hasn't been particularly great, especially especially up the middle. We'll talk about safeties and stuff, you know, probably later as we go. But even Darius Slay and James Bradbury on the outside haven't been as good as they've been in the past this year. Their age is starting to show up. Um, on the year, they've given up eight touchdowns and only come away with two interceptions. Their completion percentage is against. Their QB rating against. It's all pretty... It's all been pretty bad compared to like you know what we think of them. So it's just, I think it's worth noting that the Chiefs have a favorable matchup in this game. You might not need to run these as we're talking about these side adjustment stuff you might be able to andy might just be able to call up designed routes and make things quote unquote a little bit simpler like he was doing down the stretch and get guys to just end up being open especially on the outside like the outside corners haven't been shutting guys down and on top of that they're having the third highest average depth of target uh throwing outside the numbers against the eagles this year like the mm. ball's going over eight yards down the field almost nine it's the third highest in the league throwing outside the numbers. This. Secondary hasn't been great. They have not performed well. It's the outside. The Chiefs don't have great outside wide receivers, but you want to start seeing some guys you want to start seeing some some plays being called, being designed to get some guys open. I think this is a pretty good week to kind of get the passing game to get on track, especially to get some wide receivers to get some confidence and feel like they're involved in the game plan. You know, just you to get right, mouth, Just to Jeff get right, Watson on the field, Matthew Lane. we
0: We gotta we gotta get right game against the AFC or the NFC one seed. Is that what we're talking about here? Just against specific people on that defense, right there. We'll we'll get to some rest of the defense, which is scary. But yeah, I yeah I can't believe we're already at this Eagles game. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? We got to make every second count with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning. Uh, Big Bucks, Uh, bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning Big Bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchups. You know we're going to be talking about this Chiefs-Eagles game in a little bit. Get in, in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for just 5 bucks on the NFL, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877 8 hope Y, or text hope Y in West Virginia. Visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Must be twenty-one or older in most eligible states, but varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and specific responsible gaming resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms.
2: What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. Hey everyone, this
1: is BJ Kissel. We'll get right back to the show. I just need a minute to share some important news, but as always, thank you for the support. The KCSN Foundation just launched our third annual Soul of KC Holiday Raffle and Toy Drive, and it benefits Operation Breakthrough's Christmas Store. This campaign has raised more than $35,000 over the past two years, helping provide a better Christmas for kids in our community. And it's simple. We sell raffle tickets for a chance to win any of the more than 20 fantastic prizes that we have available this year. It's things like a Travis Kelsey autographed full-size chief's helmet or a Chris Jones autographed Jersey, a George Karloftis Jersey. How about a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet? We've got gift cards to local restaurants like Capitol grill mission taco joint or third street social. You can find the full list of prizes on our social media accounts, or you can click the link in the description of this show. Again, All of the proceeds go to buying presents for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas Store, and you can get tickets now through December 4th. Help us continue to help others, because that's what the KCSN Foundation is all about.
4: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Yeah, secondary might stink for the Eagles, but that front for them is uh, terrifying, some would say. Um, We just got this done seeing this offensive line struggle against the Miami Dolphins. A lot of games up front. And this is a terrifying group to be lining up against. Hell. After that was the last performance we saw, Matthew.
2: Yes. Um, it's definitely not the defensive line, especially off a of bye week with a chance to get catch some rest and everything that you want to be going up against. Um, the Eagles defensive line currently has three players with over a 20% pass rush win weight against true pass sets. Jalen Carter, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, and no, Brandon Graham, who doesn't have as many reps as everybody else, but when he's out there, he's winning a third of his pass rush reps. Like, that's a lot. And then you factor in Fletcher Cox is still there. Jordan Davis, like, they have guys that can rush the passer on the defensive line, and they do it very well. It's gonna be a hell of a test for this Chiefs offensive line.
0: Win weight or win rate? You said win weight.
2: I'm glad you got that in 45 seconds later, Kent. <laughs> and so, anywho, we'll see how the Chiefs' offensive line goes ahead and responds to this. I I am curious, are the Eagles going to stunt and twist and play the games, or are they just going to rush? Because the one thing about twists and stunts is it does take a little bit longer to get home. It's going to slow down your pass rush to wait for the twist, the game to get through, and so. If the coverage unit can hold up in the back end, like the Dolphins could, that makes a lot of sense. We just talked about it though. This Eagles secondary isn't near as good as the Dolphins. We we talked about the corners being a little bit of a weakness on the outside. The safeties and linebackers are significantly worse. That's the weak point of them in coverage. So they might not have the same time on the back end to, to allow all the twists and games as much as the Dolphins did. So it's just something to keep an eye on for how the Chiefs offensive line might be able to get away from the twisting and stunting game a little bit.
3: And missing weight to Kobe Dean um, out of this game, you know, him getting injured really, really made them weak up the middle there. You know, a young player that was ascending that people were excited about. And of course, along that defensive line, you know, Maddie didn't even mention Nolan Smith, a guy that we were crazy high on in the KCS draft guide as well. They can just throw wave after wave. Of players at this offensive line. And unfortunately, there are some really bad matchups for the Chiefs' offensive tackles. Like, there just are. Jawan Taylor hasn't been as smooth or, you know, as fluid up the arc as we saw him last year in Jacksonville. Certainly has something to do with the fact that he's not allowed to kind of live on that line, you know, that he was in Jacksonville. And so that's in his head. And Donovan Smith is just not the type of player. Like, this is a bad matchup for a guy like John, uh, you know for Donovan Smith, Joshua, Hassan, Reddick are going to get pressure in this game, period. They they don't have to run games. They don't have to run that extra stuff. They will, don't get me wrong, but they don't have to, to get pressure in this game. And they can line up Jalen Carter, who is an absolute monster against this Chiefs interior offensive line that hasn't also been as good as we've seen them in previous seasons. Now, we said some of these same things about this Philadelphia. of, Philadelphia Eagles defensive line before the Super Bowl. And the field definitely had something to do with it. I'm not going to say that they're completely wrong there. But the game plan, the way that Andy Reid in this offense approached that game, took some of these pass rushers out of it. The way they manipulated these guys was able to take them out of that. Andy Reid didn't forget how to do that. Andy Reid is going to keep Patrick Mahomes as upright as possible. This is an NFC team. This is a team that Andy Reid does not have to keep a whole bunch of stuff in his back pocket to make sure that they don't see it later on in the year. He doesn't do it against the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan when they play them every year. I expect that we are going to see an A-plus game script, and I expect that we're going to see plenty of stuff that typically he would hold back, but because it's an NFC team, because it's out of the buy, and because they've got a terrifying defensive line, I think we're going to see them manipulate that some more. I think we're going to see the ball come out of Patrick Mahomes' hands a lot quicker. I think we're going to see a lot of schemed open looks, what I just talked about to start the show go get a bucket. I think we're going to see a lot more opportunities for that out of this offense to try and neutralize, specifically try and neutralize that defensive line. Because if you can get past that, this defense, this Eagles defense, has some opportunities. It is ripe for the taking. You just can't allow
0: that defensive line to dictate things because they will. I think Andy Reid is one of the best at at neutralizing pass rush. I think you should go with neutering. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Uh, (laughs) That's how you don't (laughs) wait. They're not not playing the Cleveland Browns. our, Our weight of success on saying words correctly has not been particularly high today. How is how is it YouTube that's doing that? Well, you haven't had to you haven't had to pronounce a name yet, so it's just a bit time. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think Andrew Reed's one of the best. Uh, he might be the best at neutralizing elite pass rush. Like I think he does a pretty good job at keeping some of these pass rushes from, uh, you know, especially most of the time when it's like one player. You know, like he he's done a good job at times. Good thing like, it's one player. Yeah, I know uh, that, but. I think some of the principles that they employ are still going to be able to help neutralize it. And it's something we talked about. It's manufactured touches for some of your players and, and getting some of that stuff out on the edge and you know, trying to get those guys involved in some of that, getting the ball out of the hands of Mahomes quickly. Um, you know, I think that's that's a way that you can kind of help slow that down and try to generate some offense, uh just various, you know it's it's diversification of of how you move the football and just really, it's not throwing the kitchen sink, but it's just, it's throwing a lot of different things out there. So I think that's, I think that's a path to success just to kind of slow that down. Are there anything, anything else on offense that you're burning to get off your chest before we move on, Matthew?
2: Yeah, we can make it quick, I guess, because yep. I think there'll be a lot we to can. talk side here too. Um, so I'm going to try to make this a little bit fast and get through this without wasting any time. Uh, but first, before I do you to that point, uh, the Chiefs probably don't want to run the ball not much this game. Uh, Eagles run defense, very good. Chiefs running offense, very inefficient. Will they try to keep things, you know, uh, uh, balanced? Sure. I just don't know if I would go into this game expecting the Chiefs to really rely on the run game. I, I, we're not, I wasn't planning on talking about it much, and I don't want to get out of here without at least mentioning it. This just doesn't seem like the right week to really try to get into it. Sometimes that's where Andy Reid leans into it, so we'll see. The big thing, though, is the middle of the field. We talked about the spine being a weakness for this Eagles defense a lot. The last three games that they've played, or three out of their last four games, they have allowed over 70% completion percentage between the numbers, and for 150 plus yards, Dak Prescott to Sam Howell, and then even Zach Wilson mustered 133 yards over the middle of the field on over 70% completion. They're pretty easy to throw the ball over the middle of the field against, and I know they traded for Kevin Byard, who's now had multiple weeks and a bye week to get in there and, and get accustomed, but he's not the same guy he was the Titans five years ago when he was Absolutely demonizing the Chiefs, he's lost a step here too. So it's just that middle of the field is a little weak. That's an area that Patrick Mahomes really wants to throw the football to. The Chiefs love throwing the ball over the middle of the field. You want to give them up over 70% completion for 150 plus yards to a team. That's that's going to be a better day for the Chiefs offense than if you're trying to force them to challenge Bradbury and Slay, even if they are playing a little bit back or a little bit down this
3: year. Now, now, just to flip that just a little bit here. Yes, to Kevin Bayard. Coming up in this defense is going to certainly help, but Bradley Roby, who is their nickel quarter, looks like he's back this week. He's certainly practicing this week. That will help as well. Now, they still got Reed Blankenship back there, who has not been good. And, you know, the their their linebacking core is not particularly great against the pass. Again, like I said, especially without N'Kobe Dean back there. Nicholas Morrow, Zach Cunningham. Like, those guys are not guys that I'm looking at. and like, oh, wow, they're, they're really going to line up, really going to be able to take away a guy like Travis Kelsey. All focus is going to go towards Kelsey on this, and that's going to leave them weak in some other areas of the field. Like, I just see opportunity for that. And then, yeah, to bring it all the way back to what Maddie started with, the Eagles are the number one rush defense in the NFL. Like, they they have been outstanding against the run. I know we all want to see this team have a little more balance than they've had in some games this year, where they just refuse to run the ball at all. This is not one of those that I'm looking at them trying to go back the other way and get to a 50 50. I am fine with like a 75 25 rate this week. Try and get it established a little bit later. I don't want to run into the teeth of, you know, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, you know, uh, Jordan Davis, like Milton Williams. Those guys are terrifying. Just don't, don't. You are
2: asking. That sounds for miserable. If you do that. Yeah, I will you say inside zone twelve times.
0: I think they could. I no. I think this. I was gonna say. I think this is a week that you could kind of maybe get into some gap stuff. You could kind of get into some of that and mix some things up. Like blocking from different angles is something that can help uh, neutralize rushers. Uh, you try a little wham action, you know. Then they're thinking every time they're getting up a field. Um, I don't know. I think that like if you're gonna run, if you're gonna add more, you know, gap stuff into the mix, like this is a week I think you do it. Players to watch is presented by tickets for less. Go no tickets for less, promo code KCSN will get you the best guaranteed discount available on the site. Make sure you're taking av- advantage of that. Again, tickets for less, promo code KCSN for your Chiefs tickets. Craig. Who is your player to watch on offense? My player to watch is Trey Smith. Trey Smith
3: has been arguably the best interior offensive lineman for the Chiefs over the past three, four weeks. And he did not necessarily start the season that way. Aiden Hutchison gave him the business a little bit in week one. And we were talking about how maybe he wasn't living up to some of that. I feel like he's improved. I feel like maybe you know Creed Humphrey and Joe Tooney have made more mistakes as of late. This is a game where having somebody that can anchor, having somebody that can handle power the way that Trey Smith does, is going to be paramount when you're going up against a guy like Jordan Davis and a guy like Jalen Carter. Those guys are still going to get wins. Don't get me wrong, but Trey Smith having a good game, you know, it, like if we look back to week one, Jawan Taylor against Aiden Hutchinson, Jawan Taylor won far more than he lost. And I know that the big story coming out of that, oh, Aiden Hutchinson had a great game. Wasn't against Jawan Taylor. If we come out of that talking about, or coming out of this one talking about Trey Smith having a good game against Jordan Davis and against Jalen Carter, the Chiefs are going to have time on offense. He can really, truly dictate some of the way that things go up front, and that is the way that the Eagles can really make like rough on this offense. So, a player to watch is Trey
2: Smith. For me, uh, my point to watch is going to be Noah Gray. Um, I think the Eagles learned last year in the Super Bowl that once they started slowing down Travis Kelsey and giving him extra attention, it made it difficult for the Chiefs offense until Juju Smith-Schuster really stepped up in that, in that Super Bowl win, right? And Juju Smith-Schuster ain't walking through the door for the Chiefs right now. Somebody else has to step up, and I wouldn't put it past the Eagles to challenge the Chiefs to win with these unreliable, less consistent wide receivers right now. If that happens, somebody else has to make that step up. Noah Gray might be that guy. He's made some big plays for the team this year, for the Chiefs. Uh, The Chiefs right now are top five in both 12 and 13 personnel usage. The Eagles don't see a ton of 12 or 13 personnel usage against them, but the few times they have seen 13 personnel, they've given up some big plays to the past. They've allowed teams to pass on them out of 13 personnel, The Chiefs might go a little heavy. They might try to make the Eagles live in base defense, be a little bit more static in some of their looks and stuff like that. And I think Noah Gray becomes the matchup guy that's going to be hard for them to match up with as extra attention gets paid to Travis Kelsey. So I don't know if Noah Gray is going to have you know 100 yards in this game, but a couple third down completions, maybe one big play where he slips by some guys on play action. We've seen it this year. I think this is a game where they might really dial up his number a couple times.
0: We spent a little bit of time talking about Rashi Rice, but I want to make sure we are talking about him again because I am so excited to see what he does coming out of the bye week. I know Maddie talked a little bit about his usage, what it looks like when he gets back into the fold, um, you know, once we get back for the bye week. But man, I'm just, I can't wait to see what the manifestation of it is. And I think he's going to have a good game. You know, I, I think they're going to try to find ways to get him a few more manufactured targets, uh, try to get him more involved in that capacity because he's just so explosive with the football. You've got to get that guy involved. But also just I think in the traditional sense, you know, I think that, you know, he's going to, um, you know, kind of find some ways to uh, to get involved, you know, within the confines, and within the structure of the offense. We need to talk a little bit about some some DraftKings props that we like on this game on this game. Because I've got one. I know, like, I uh, Rashi Rice's is 42 and a half. I like that one. Uh, but I've also got another one. But, Maddie, give me your DraftKings prop for this game.
2: Oh, I mean, I mentioned it, and it's going to kind of go against what I just said, but it doesn't matter because he's that guy. I think Travis Kelsey, coming off a of bye week, sitting there listening to everybody talking about how he's not paying attention to football, he's doing all this other stuff, he's got some, you know, uh, the girlfriend's parents, his parents in the crowd. We know this guy likes to get up four big games this is where he this is where he comes alive here we are monday night football against his brother all the family members all the moms and dads are in the crowd watching to see what he does i think he has a big game we also talked about it. this eagles don't they don't have a good middle of their defense even if they want to double team them or throw extra guys at them this isn't the miami dolphins where they're coming we have a bunch of coverage linebackers and multiple good safeties and one of the best nickel corners in the nfl this team is not equipped to take away Travis Kelsey. So I am taking the over on Travis Kelsey receiving yards, which is 75 and a half. It's been a while since we've got there. It's been a few weeks. Teams have been taking him away. I don't think that continues to happen. Andy Reid's going to find a way to feed his horse, Travis Kelsey, over receiving yards in this game. My
3: pick is Drew Tranquil, over five and a half solo tackles. When Drew Tranquil has been the primary linebacker for this team in games that mattered, weren't blowouts or anything like that. He has had that. He has averaged much more than that. This Philadelphia Eagles offense that we're getting ready to talk about versus this Chiefs defense, Drew Tranquil is going to be very important for keeping them honest. He's going to have a lot of free looks at the running back. He's going to be the only one that's really tracing him with somebody else tracing after Jalen Hurts with some of their option game. There are going to be plenty of opportunities for Drew Tranquil to get tackles in this game. And the Philadelphia Eagles offense likes to target the middle of the field, likes to throw to their running backs. Drew Tranquil is going to be primary coverage responsibility on those sorts of guys. So him being at five and a half tackles for this game, solo tackles, seems low to me. I'm taking the over on that one and I'm saying that Drew Tranquil might even get into double digits on this
0: one. I think the sky War line has been very tricky uh, for people to try to navigate. And it's quite low coming out of the bye week. Sky Moore's receiving yards is 15 and a half this week. I'm going to take the over. I think that's a really low number. I think he's good for two catches this week. I think he'll get over 15 and a half on those two catches. Um, I just, I don't know. It, the, this team obviously believes in him. Andy Reid appears bullish on him by all indications. You heard Peter King talking about that. Uh, you've heard some other commentary about what they believe in Sky Moore it's a good week to find out uh because if honestly i think this is a very defining week for sky Moore because coming out of the bye if he's not able to see a high snap count if he's not really able to get involved with the offense he's not seeing a ton of targets red flag i mean there's been a lot of red flags but i think i think he's going to get involved enough to get the over here 15 and a half yards for sky Moore again We are way deep into the NFL season. We got to make every second count with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup like all these that we just talked about here in Chiefs-Eagles. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in west virginia visit www.1800gambler.net please play responsibly in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas must be 21 or older in most eligible states but ages vary by jurisdiction see draftkings.sport.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources eligibility and deposit restrictions apply Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. All right, time to talk about defense. Can I start this off real quick? Please do. Ooh, this will be good. The last time we talked about Chiefs Eagles, I made some comments about Jalen Hurts. That I think- <laughs> You know, I I wasn't all the way in, wasn't wasn't buying it entirely. That's kind. That's a kind way of putting. Oh, how no, how you no, the receipt. Right? You guys have. I I will say this. I the joke you like So here's the thing. Where's this going? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give, Ms. I'm gonna give Flowers. I'm gonna give Miss Flowers in a minute. I will say this. These Reverse guys. Psychology. Go back and <laughs> go back and listen to the Jalen Erd's takes. Do not try to act like. I slandered his good name or anything like that. I like did. Just stop it.
2: This is, he, likes he likes him the
0: human. That's for sure. You
3: guys I are. Think
2: I think it's interesting to walk back the Jalen Hurts takes this year and have them as of last year. I think it's a little interesting to like be like, oh, last year this clear cut MVP candidate is sucks, but this year when he's objectively playing worse, I'm gonna take it all back <laughs> and say he's pretty good. That's timing.
0: Uh first off, how dare you? Second off,
2: <laughs> don't don't act
0: like I, I I I I I stand by my receipts on him. I just want to say he played out of his mind in the Super Bowl and he is still he's done some things in the passing game in Spurts that I don't I didn't expect out of him. I've been impressed with him. Maddie, you're ready to tell me that he's objectively worse this year. Is it because of the injury, or do you think he's just been worse?
2: I don't think he's played as good this year. I think just...
0: been... I think he's, been, I think he's been playing better in the regular season than he did. I think, the, I think he's played better in the regular season than he did last year, as a passer.
2: I, no, I don't think so. Um, I just don't think so. I don't, I don't think that's where he's been. I think, and part of it's been their offense. They've been trying to figure out new stuff. The run game hasn't been working as well, so that's put more on Jalen Hurts' plate, and so maybe that's more of what it is. Is he's having to burden more of the load right now and it hasn't quite played out as good as they wanted it to, or as it did last year when the running game was working as well. But more so, I just think that he's been forced to create a little bit more this year, and that's never been a strong suit. He was never great at that last year, but he's not been great at it this year. wasn't the Super Bowl. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, it was. It's like That was the, he played and won. I thought he was very good last year, and and a lot better than Kim thought he was. Um, And then he's played (laughs) even better than that in the Super Bowl. Um, but the way he played in the Super Bowl was a little different than how he had played all year or what he had done up to that point in his career. This year, it seems like teams have done a better job making him play like that consistently. They're taking away his first read more often. They're not letting him just kind of pitch the ball to what the pre-snap coverage look says he should, and it's making him get, not just go through his progressions, but it's making him have to create sometimes, and that's not a strong suit. He is not the greatest throwing the football late in the downs. He's not the greatest when he's having to scramble and make throws on the run. Again, Super Bowl notwithstanding, that has not been his strong suit as a passer throughout his career and especially this year. So maybe it's just coincidental that teams have played them better and the rushing game isn't working as well, so it's making his play not look as good. But I don't think he has been as good this year as he was last year to this point.
3: I do think that we have seen a little bit of maybe defensive coordinators figuring out some of the small intricacies there. He's certainly making things happen. They're certainly scary. We're going to get to those receiving weapons here in a second. But he his NEA this year, which is a measure of, of measuring how he is effectively for every single throw that he has, is around what it was in 2021 when everybody was questioning, oh, wow, is this the guy that we should expect? Whereas last year it was outrageously good. It was at 7.31. And... I- really, really awesome as part of the reason why he was in the conversation for NFL MVP. He's also not able to use his legs in the same way that we saw him do it last year. Now that could be some of those play calls are not calling. He's throwing the ball a little bit more than he this year than he has in any of the other years that he's doing. I believe he's averaging more attempts per game than he ever has. Turning him into a little bit more of a passer. And I do feel like that element has been just a little bit better. He is throwing more picks. He he does have a higher interception rate than any year of his career, except for his rookie year, where he was playing, you know, it played in 15 games, but only started four. That was a weird way that they used him there. But this is the first time that we've seen a more concentrated passing attack. And so there are going to be some of those things that kind of revert to the meat a little bit more. He's still a very good quarterback. As a matter of fact, he's still easily within my top five or six quarterbacks. Like I think he's way up there and is a terrifying offensive weapon for, for sure. But I do think we are seeing a little bit less of what we saw last year. And I do think that it is because defensive coordinators have found ways to attack this offense and limit the way that they can, you know, kind of create these explosive plays find these open looks and get these things
0: that get Jalen Hurts in the rhythm that he wants to be in so yeah like he's not getting to use his legs the same way he has in the past and he's been battling some of these injuries here in recent memory I'll just say this though I think if you put him in a situation where he had to be more true drop back last year versus this year I think the results would be worse last year I think he's shown some things from in in a drop back sense some ability to layer some passes a little bit differently, some of that kind of stuff that I had, I took issues with last year. I don't think those things exist the same way that they used to. Now, obviously, I mean, some I think some of the dropback stuff, uh, true dropbacks, kind of feels like it's getting a little bit more heavily involved. Not to say that there's still not some things, and I want to say easy buttons, but like he just gets to like he gets to just throw it in the vicinity of AJ Brown a lot but, still. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, Still he
0: does. And just good things just happen. Not just like,
2: AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. I mean, like, uh, just parlay that into all of their weapons. And Dallas Goddard started to come on now. Like, okay, things are getting a little bit harder for Jalen Hurts this year because teams have figured him out maybe a little bit. And because his mobility and his ability to run has been figured out maybe a little bit. And the rushing game isn't working quite as good. It doesn't matter when you get to throw the ball to AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard anytime things get hard. As soon as it gets hard, it's like, oh, okay, let's just dial up the sideline fade fade. Okay, fade. let's dial up a slot slant. Okay, let's just dial up Dallas Goddard kind of running a smash concept. Like what just over and over again, they have these easy plays because they have players that can get wide open and no matter what, you're gonna get one on one coverage with at least two of those guys every single play. It's just You want to talk about an easy situation? You want to talk about a place easy to play quarterback right now? It's Philadelphia. Teams still have to respect that run game. And Jalen Hurts gets to drop back there. And he's playing well. I'm not saying he's not. But he's playing well. And he's getting to throw the ball to guys that are making it very, very easy to throw the ball well to. And so, like, I'm not using that against him. I just, this is more of like, hey, the Chiefs have to cover those guys. The Chiefs not only have to figure out how to stop the Eagles run game, which hasn't been great these past few weeks. But then they also have to figure out how they are going to remain gap sound, not get out leveraged in the run game, especially if Jalen Hurts is feeling a little better coming out of the bye week and the QB run games involved. And then also figure out how they don't get, you know, A.J. Brown one-on-one on on Trent McDuffie defending a pop fly because, well, we know how that goes.
3: Yeah. And Trent McDuffie addressed that this week. Yeah. Talked to Adam Schefter and said, Hey, listen, you know, we look back on that Super Bowl and we're excited. You know, we're, we're very happy that we got to be a part of that. We got to do that. But we also gave up 35 points. And Coach Spax walked in this week and said, Hey, you guys remember that Super Bowl where that we won? That was great, right? Remember how we allowed 35 points? Like they're using that as motivation. Trent McDuffie's been playing so much better than he did his rookie year this season. That's not news to anybody. He wants to see A.J. Brown again. Legereus Snee wants to see A.J. Brown again. They want to prove that what happened last year is something that they can prevent. A.J. Brown has been one of the best receivers in the NFL this season. And how many times have I said that against this Chiefs secondary this year? It has been a lot. It has been a five times that they will now have played a receiver within the top 10 of this of the NFL in yards this year. <coughs> Excuse me. Woo! Getting worked up here. But he wants this. They 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 all want this opportunity to show that they can stand up, that they can defend the passing game in a way that we have not seen this Kansas City Chiefs defense do in a long time. They did it against Tyreek Hill. They did it against Justin Jefferson. A.J. Brown is just another guy here in this series of playing against elite receivers. that They've got to stand up and shut down. One more thing before I get out of here and let Kent go after this. Dallas Goddard had surgery this week or over the bye week on a fractured forearm. They did not put him on IR because they don't think he'll miss four games. I think it's highly likely, did not practice on Thursday, I think it's highly likely that he does not play in this game. That is massive if he can't go there because Grant Calcaterra, we'll see if he comes back there, but he's not the same level of weapon as a Dallas Goddard. Neither is Jack Stoll, neither is Albert O. These guys are not going to take over a game in a way that Dallas Goddard can't. And so that is a huge deal, in the way that the safeties have to respect the middle of the field and the way that they can help cover for some of these cornerbacks on the outside if Dallas Goddard truly can't go as it's expected that he can't.
0: Congratulations to Craig on getting Grant Calcaterra right. Did you notice I didn't even try and pronounce that? Albert okay That's with Boonham? Yeah, I know. I know. But I, I still massive, massive respect uh, for you, buddy. I uh, do we? Do you guys want to talk about the Bush? I don't really want to. I know a lot of people want to talk about it's it. It's legal really play sure. that
3: they shouldn't outlaw because these
0: guys are really good at it. Yes. So just leave it in the sport. It's fine. Nobody I else can do it the way that they can. I don't think the <laughs> Chiefs are going to have some magical thing that they're going to be able
2: Absolutely to pull it off. No, no. No, they're not. Um, and it's going to be annoying just like it was in the Super Bowl. I, I find the play highly annoying. Um, if it gets banned, I'm not going to be upset. I'm not saying it should be. Don't yell at me. I'm not saying it should be banned, but if it gets banned, I I'm not upset because I just find I thought way too much about what I would try to do to stop it against a team that was very good at running it. And I don't have answers. I don't have anything good. And that's what makes it really annoying is I can't even come up with a theory on how to stop it other than a line and a reverse tush push play and hope they don't throw the fake the fake out pitch and have nobody ready for it. Like that's all I can possibly have for it. Like I just I find that annoying, but it should not be banned. There's no reason it should be banned. It's just an a very annoying play to watch. And, and honestly you're both so teams quarterback
0: that can squat like Jalen Hurts. Yeah it's and- <laughs> like the way to stop the way to stop the tush push is for teams to stop calling it because they don't want their quarterback to get hurt. So if Jalen Hurts does get hurt by it, then you know I'm not I'm not <laughs> advocating for it. Chill. I'm gonna be very clear. The Chiefs wouldn't be near as good as the Eagles are at it. If no, they, if they no, no, no,
3: no, no. They tried it with James Winchester as the point man. Didn't work.
2: Okay, hold on.
0: <laughs> Chill. <laughs>
2: They've tried it with Blake Bell too. Um,
0: no, I no. I'm just saying, like I, I think the, the tush push. As long as quarterbacks aren't getting, as long as teams aren't seeing a ton of injuries, you're probably. I I, I can't imagine it feels good for Jason Kelsey to have to do that though. At, at Craig's age,
2: you know, you think that just man. He seems me. pretty. He seems pretty excited about it. Anytime he talks about it, like I'm sure it's not fun to have a bunch of 300 pound guys laying on top of you. But like, he doesn't seem to mind when it works as well as it does. So like, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't, I don't have a good answer. I've like tried that. I would literally, you're most likely going to lose it anyway. So why not try something wild? And uh, the Chiefs did then, didn't they? Didn't they try to send somebody to jump over the pile, like at the snap and try to time that. And it didn't work. I think in the Super Bowl, it was Um, something like that. I don't remember. I I remember
3: the only way that the Chiefs were able to stop it was via false start. So
2: for one of those. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I thought about it. I and explain. teams are, I think you can't, you explain
0: can't reverse. I don't think you can reverse. I think you said like reverse tush push your alignment because I think teams would much rather them just run the QBC, get a fresh set of downs and try to stop them on a different, you know, in, in a different way. Cause like they're not going to give up an explosive to try to stop the tush push. The brotherly shove. I'm sorry.
2: No, it's the tush push. It's not the relish of it. It is the t- It is the tush push. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, maybe maybe teams won't do that. Just, that's the only way I could come up with, I thought, you know, maybe you try to just a slant and hope you guess right, like a like a goalie in uh, soccer, how they're just guessing on PKs. I mean, I, I know there's probably reads and tells from the person kicking, but, like, for the most part, they're just kind of guessing aside. You just guess which direction you think Hurts is going to go and try to catch him in a slant. But I still don't even know if that works because the offensive line is firing off on a signal. They're going to be faster than you every time. Yeah. I, I don't have an answer. So it makes it one of the most annoying plays in football for somebody that wants to understand why things are working, how you want to stop it down. This works because they know the snap and they're really good at it and practice it a lot and the other team doesn't. And so yeah. it's just an annoying play.
3: The other way to stop that, keep them in third and longs. Yep. Don't uh, win on early downs, which with their rushing success right now, you've really got to just stay, stay gap sound up front and then trust that your corners and safeties can do what they need to do against guys like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith who are excellent football players and are still going to win plenty. But if you can do that, get them into third and longs because making Jalen Hurts a drop-back passer against everything that Steve Spagnuolo is going to dial up because he does not (laughs) like the fact that they scored 35 points against him means that you're going to have a lot more success. So just just don't allow them to get in those sorts of
2: situations.
0: Yeah,
3: yes.
2: just, don't allow, no, just don't just, just don't just don't allow me sweet. get in the 3rd and 7. Don't allow yardage.
0: Well, it's, I think there's I or think there's three. there's something to be said about like how do you like how yeah, keep them out of 3rd and 3, but how do you you know, how do you play like it's 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 imp- not impossible, but like just trying to keep them from getting into a 4th and 1, like do you adjust your calls? To try to yes. say okay, like like let's you have be, to you know third and seven you've got to play it different you know you can't let first them... and
2: ten is first and seven every single time yeah like, it everything is same. when you get to second down it's like second and five like you can't yes. treat it like even a second and ten like you have to play like if it's inside yeah if it gets to third it's just it's not even one yard though I mean yes it's, again it's not even first and nine it's first and like seven if they get to third and three they're gonna run it twice I mean like that that's oh, yeah. almost it's gonna be so it's just. It makes it very difficult. It's good for them. Um, we had non-tush push stuff. Um, blitzing Jalen Hurts is still effective when teams too. can do it. Like it's still pretty effective. He holds the ball a little bit. And he starts to scramble again. It goes back to changing the picture on him, making things start to get a little bit dicier and making him have to kind of hold it. So like you know when he's blitzed, his his uh, completion percentage drops down. His time to throw is go- actually goes up just a little bit when he's blitzed, and he has seven touchdowns but five interceptions. So it kind of becomes a little bit more of a big play hunter. When the blitz is coming and he will be willing to make mistakes. And once you, if that blitz gets pressure, which the Chiefs have been excellent on, Kent and I kind of did a little bit on the film room that he was referencing earlier. What Spags is doing with his blitz game right now is diabolical. And I think the Eagles and Jason Kelsey in particular are good enough that they will sort out some of the protection stuff better that every single time a DB blitzes, it won't be a free rusher like it was against Miami and it won't be an unseen free rusher like it was against Miami. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, I do think that the Chiefs will be able to find ways to get guys home. And if Hurts under pressure, Hurts being blitzed is something that isn't as good, that is when he does start to you know, show a little bit of his cracks of maybe not being the most elite passer that he can be. So I, I got to look for another big spags game in that regard.
3: Yeah. J- Jalen Hurts holds the ball on average for three seconds, a mm-hmm. drop back. It is yeah. one, of, one of the highest times of throw in the league. And I mean, when you've got that offensive line in front of you, and you've got guys like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith who are going to get open. Just give them a little bit of time. It's going to happen. You're going to structure your offense around some of that. So, yeah, it's got to be about either winning with the Blitz, a big Chris Jones game. That would be great to see out of the bye here. He's a guy that can dictate that. A big Charles Amenehue game. George Karloftis continuing his torrid form. There are avenues for this defense to still win up front against this. It's not like that. Uh, this Eagles offense is good. It's great. Like it really is legitimately good, but it's not something that this defense and it, God, it's so good to say this. It's not something this defense can't handle and they have handled it. They've been up to the task for almost every single game this season. So yeah, I'm looking at this Eagles offense. I'm like, yeah, I see all the ways that they can win. I see all the avenues to success, but I have said that multiple times this season so far, and Steve Spagnolo and this Chiefs defense have answered the bell every single time. I just expected it again. Spags
0: in his bag. Players to watch on the defensive side of the ball presented by Tickets for Less. Promo code KCSN gets you the best guaranteed discount on Tickets for Less. Again, promo code KCSN. Best guaranteed discount on your cheese tickets that you probably are trying to get to go to this incredible Monday night football game Craig who did you play to watch well Jerry
3: is neat. it's, it's it. LJ Um, he's been following around number one receivers all season like we, we know that and we know that he had a lot that was said towards him after that game you know either there were a lot of conversations AJ Brown had a lot to say A.J. Brown's going to be very up for this game because he wants to show that Super Bowl was a fluke. L.J. is also going to be super up for this game, so much so that Trent McDuffie tweeted a tweet with A.J. Brown's face on it, and then it got deleted shortly afterwards. They've got a game plan to try and nullify A.J. Brown, and L.J. is going to be a big part of that. So I'm expecting that he's going to come out, he's going to be up for a massive game against another top wide receiver one style player and he's going to show up and he's going to handle business because that's what he does. AJ Brown's going to get his still but LeJarius Sneed's going to come up and he's going to pop him in the mouth the way that he did against Justin Jefferson and we're going to see this dog fight. I, I am not going to be surprised if there are personal foul penalties between the two of these because there's going to be a lot of bad blood about midway through this game so I'm expecting this for LJ.
0: So, so much twofer. coping by so much coping by the Eagles too, all offseason. It's gonna be hilarious. If the, mm,
2: we'll talk about it in a second. Anyways. Oh, rant's coming out. It's a twofer for me. I'll be quick because I want to hear rant. Um Joshua Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. Whoever's playing opposite of Sneed is the guy that I got my eyes on because, well, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, both really good. If you're gonna give help to AJ Brown, if he's going to get some extra help his way, that's going to leave a lot of one-on-one coverage to the other side. You are going to have to hope those guys can hold up. And well, we have seen Devontae Smith, with the Eagles, want to get him involved, is really darn good at football. And I'm really afraid of Jalen Hurts throwing the ball outside the numbers to Devontae Smith downfield because he's been, well, those guys have been exceptional at doing that. It's not where I would say the Chiefs defensive strong suit is. It's actually over the middle of the field. An area where Jalen Hurts throws about half as often as he throws outside the numbers. So not necessarily the best matchup across from Le'Jerius Sneed, just when you consider the talent and where the Eagles like to attack. It's cop out, but I'm going with Chris Jones. It's kind of been a,
0: you know, a little bit slower couple of weeks for him. I don't know, you know, he maybe not quite been the same since he popped up on the injury report, you know, five, six weeks into the season. Not been as consistent as we've seen out of him in recent memory. I it's coming out of the buy health if that was a concern you know, we're gonna get him back uh back you know a little bit more healthy at six crew I think this is kind of like a I don't want to say it's a defining moment for Chris Jones because it's always going to be defined by January but I am kind of curious to see what kind of energy effort he has you know getting closer to the wrong side of 30 coming off an injury and having a couple rough weeks this is a big buy coming out Cam Jurgens does look like he's gonna be back for the Eagles, so they are getting some interior offensive line help, it looks like, uh, for their starters, but I still like Chris Jones in this game. All right, let's predict this game. Matthew.
2: Why? <laughs> this is wrong, but okay. Um Coming out of the bye week, Andy Reid's very good. Going up against NFC teams that the Chiefs won't have to play on their way to the Super Bowl because they're in the NFC, obviously Andy Reid usually opens up the playbook a little bit more or rather likes to dig a little bit deeper into it to test things out. See like the 49ers game last year or various other matchups against you know, NFC teams throughout his tenure with the Chiefs while they've been on this run, right? So we have things setting up well for the Chiefs. Great out of the bye week. We have a, a coach that will usually open things up a little bit against an opponent, an NFC opponent. I also think the Chiefs coming out of the bye week have reworked some stuff. I do think they're going to come out with a little bit different look to the offensive side of the ball, which will be a little bit more difficult, probably, for the Eagles defense to handle. This isn't to take anything away from the Eagles, who are going to be doing all of their own adjustments. I just think on their side things are probably going about as smoothly as they would hope, right? Like there's not a lot of stuff that necessarily needs to be changed for them. Their coverage hasn't been ideal, but you're not going to change your coverage structure, scheme in the middle of the year, so on and so forth. So I give the Chiefs a little bit of an edge in that. So for that reason, I think you get a Chiefs offense that comes out and looks like they have some teeth. They have a little bit of bite finally, something that we've been missing for a few weeks. And I think you have a defense. I'm glad we talked about it. Steve Spagnolo came in and challenged these guys because of how that Super Bowl went. I think the defense isn't necessarily riding high on beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl because of how it went for them. I think the defense fights back a little bit. The Chiefs' offense shows a little bit more. The Chiefs win a close one, 27-24, but we feel pretty good coming out of this game.
3: Yeah, I, I echo a lot of those same sentiments. Steve Spagnuolo wants to prove that this defense is, you know, for real, and he has. Every single game this season, like, it just has happened over and over and over again. This Eagles offense has scored 20 points in every single game but one this year against the New York Jets defense. New York Jets defense is really good, but they're not the Chiefs defense. I expect that the Chiefs are going to come out. They're going to put a lot on the plate of Jalen Hurts and this offense. We are going to see the Chiefs offense come out and move the ball effectively enough throughout the game. I don't predict... A high scoring game here, but I'm going to say that the Eagles make it to 20. The Chiefs allow a 20 point offensive performance, you know, for only the second time this year. And then they're going to turn around and the Chiefs' offense on a late Harrison Butker field goal wins it 23 to 20 in this one.
0: So I, you know, like I think it's documented the Chiefs' struggles this year does not look the same like it has, you know, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. It's not how we are accustomed to watching this team have success. Um, We are watching a lot of teams in the NFL look a lot more flawed and less scary than we have in recent memory. The Eagles have the best record in the NFL right now. But I think if you asked Eagles fans, they wouldn't feel get warm and fuzzies about how the season has gone for them either. Yes, the, you know their record is eight and one. Chiefs is seven and two. Um, you know the Chiefs have lost a you know they, they lost a one point game to the Lions without Travis Kelsey. Yada yada yada. And Chris Jones. Oh yeah, and and that Chris Jones guy, he was there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he was there. <laughs> so were the Cats brothers. Uh, but yeah, I. I know like the Eagles are going to be up for it for because this is their Super Bowl because they didn't get a ring in February because they didn't win the Super Bowl because they blew a lead and weren't able to uh, do finish the job and Patrick Mahomes on a high ankle sprain was able to to ruin their season um, and so I know that they're going to be very motivated by the fact that they're uh, you know it's 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 their regular Super season Super Bowl like it was for the Bills like it's been for other teams like it's been I don't think it's gonna matter. You know, I, I think I think the Chiefs ain't even out of a bye. I think this team really tried to build an identity on offense. I think the defense humming. I think the motivation and, and knowing that there's so much left on the table offensively. I think the defense motivated by the fact that they gave up thirty five points against the Eagles. And I think the Eagles are due for a loss. I don't think they're the best team in football. Congratulations on being eight and one, primarily in the NFC. Good for you. Congrats. I don't think I I I I don't think you're the best team in football. I think you're playing the best team in football on Monday night football. And I think the best team in football is winning 31 23. Offense puts some points on the board. Late touchdown. Makes it a little more interesting. How about that? I think it's going to be a comfortable Chiefs win. I think they're going to play really, really well. I just have a weird I just have a feeling that. This team is kind of sick of how some of this has gone offensively. I think you're just going to see a really great, complete performance from this team. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory Game Preview. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll catch you later.